0: Jacob, did I ever tell you about the time that my mom's college dorm room was completely demolished? <laughs> you did not. Yeah, I'd say about that coming up. This is 3790 After Dark. I'm your host, John Booth. I'm here with Jacob Grinstead. We'll see you in a second. while she was there. Of course. It was a super old dorm. They took it down this year. It's a big school spectacle. But the important part is that we're talking about sanctification.
1: <laughs> we did all that just to get your attention. You know that hook at the beginning of a paragraph? That's all that was.
0: Yeah, we're glad you're listening. Anyway, Jacob, let's introduce the topic, sanctification. You know, Last week we talked about justification. Let's tell them a little bit about Sanctification, what that what that really means?
1: Yeah, so we're pretty much taking these next couple of weeks. Who knows? Maybe months. We don't know. We're just kind of going by ear. Uh, we're going to be taking this time though, and kind of looking at our salvation, and even looking at the Christian faith through a microscope. Um, that's the best way to understand the beauty of what Christ has given us, and even the sacrifice that He made. Um, it's kind of like John Michael um, going and looking for a ring for his now fiance. Let's go hit that clap button. <laughs>
0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It was <laughs> a difficult task. I couldn't, couldn't have done it without the Lord's help.
1: You're welcome. Um, no, no, but um, so when you're looking for a ring and you go to those shops, they put it underneath the microscope. They let you understand the true beauty behind the diamond that you're buying, and that's exactly what we're trying to do is we're trying to take the salvation through the microscope of the words of God and understanding it and the true beauty behind it. And so last week we talked about justification. Um, having that clean slate, mercy and forgiveness, and now into sanctification. And sanctification—it's um, kind of like uh, trust the process. Yeah, um, that's that's really what it is. It's sanctific- uh, sanctification means to make holy, to purify. Um, God is constantly working on us to be more like Him. Um, that's what sanctification is. It's it's a process. With justification, when you accept Jesus Christ, you're justified. Right. Now until forever. Sanctification, it's a working it's process a daily, until you meet Jesus Christ.
0: Daily, hourly, one of those things that is not necessarily the most fun thing in the world, mm. um, but it is very necessary and it's very life-changing. Uh, one of the ways that it's been described to me is like a sculptor working on marble. Mm-hmm you have to use a hammer and a chisel and it's (laughs) not really pleasant for the marble. You know, the marble could feel us being the marble, but it is this like stripping away of all the things that are hiding the true, the true beauty that we were created to be in God's eyes. So sanctification is this process of chiseling away. Yeah. and,
1: And that's what, that's why I even said, trust the process at the beginning, because in the points where it feels like, you know, this is the one of the hardest things I've ever done or Lord, what in the world are you doing here? Um, you need to trust the process because the Lord's going to do a great work through it. Um, Another way that it's described is the clay and the potter, right? Right. Um, The potter, if you watch it, um, especially when it's on the wheel, um, the potter will apply pressure on the outside and the inside. And that describes sanctification of applying pressure on the outside, usually using things of the, even sometimes things of the world of like a job, of um you know a sport that you're playing or a stressful situation that applies pressure on the outside but then also with the holy spirit applying pressure to your heart on the inside mm-hmm. and so at all points you're being pressure is being put on you and you think that this is the most stressful situation that you've ever been through how are you going to get out of it and the next thing you know you're out of it and you look back on it and you're a better person and you're exactly who god was trying to make trying to mold you into um So,
0: right. I'm glad glad you about that. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, the example of the potter and the clay and how the pressure on the inside and the outside squeezes and compresses the clay to get rid of those air bubbles so that the clay can survive the fire. Mm -hmm. And so while it feels like this is the big trial, the fire is really the trial. But when that fire comes, you are actually tempered and hardened and get this, the pottery gets this beautiful glaze and shine to it. And it's able to withstand that fiery trial because those air bubbles have been squeezed out. Yeah. Um, those empty places have been filled, and that's only through the work of the of the Holy Spirit and of God. Yeah. Um, starting off tonight, if look at Colossians three seventeen, Let me read that real quick. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him.
1: Yeah. So we pretty much um, are laying a ground foundation of things that we need to understand and know before understanding sanctification as a whole. It's kind of like in levels. We're on level one right now. we got a couple more levels to go. But to lay that strong foundation, we need to understand that there's this huge gap between us and God, right? Right. Um, Between our words and God's words, between our deeds, God's deeds, um, His righteousness and our imperfections, there is a gap. And what sanctification is doing is the process of lessening that gap. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen pictures painted of, you know, this huge gap between the person and heaven and then the cross lane yeah. being the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we're doing is it's kind of like, um, I know they can't see this, but it's kind of like you and the wall and you're trying to lessen that gap
0: between you and the wall. Right. It comes to these continual steps toward, toward Christ and toward, toward the Lord um all the while being led so we can't do it on our own we're constantly mm-hmm. being led there um i love the passage about he, he leads us beside still waters and the green pastures and all that stuff it it is it is this leading of the holy spirit and, and of god to trying to make us more like him from a from a spiritual standpoint obviously we can never be god and obviously the pursuit of being god is wrong but trying to emulate the example of Christ when He was here on Earth is is the work of sanctification.
1: Yeah, and so the first groundbreaking mm-hmm. level of this is in Colossians three seventeen. The i won't say three sure. seventeen <laughs> b because it's the end of the verse. But do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. What we first need to do is change our attitude. Right. Uh, we need to give thanks in all things, as another verse says, like. Can you, could you imagine, now we're going dream big here, but could you imagine a world where everybody's just giving thanks? Right. Like you, you walk into school, everybody's giving thanks. You walk into church, everybody's giving thanks. Um, you go home, it's filled with your siblings giving thanks. Um, you even, in a place where you usually get received bad news sometimes in the hospitals and everyone's giving thanks, or even at the gas tank, where, right. where you're putting your life savings into your car with the gas, um, and it's everybody giving thanks. Can you imagine how different the world would be if we first just changed our attitudes and being thankful?
0: Right. It, it is one of those things where it seems so impossible, seems so hard to do, but if it was such an unachievable thing, why would we be commanded or instructed to do it? Mm-hmm. Right? It... it God is not expecting perfection, but it is a daily effort. And so even if you could just give thanks once a day, right. it, it starts to translate into all things. So it's just like going to the gym. If you go to the gym once a day, every day, for just like 10 minutes, you begin to f- develop the habit to be able to stay for 30 minutes in an hour. And then you see this transformation. It's the same. God is just saying, just attempt the little things. And I promise you, you will start to... Take these steps in sanctification.
1: Yeah, and so that's just a little a challenge for everybody listening, and even for us is let's try to incorporate thanks into our day, um, and get to where we're someone who is giving thanks. That's something that I even did during my fast. Um, we did twenty one days of prayer and fasting, and so for a week I did no social media. Then another week um, I did where I couldn't eat meat, and then the other week I tried my best not to speak negatively. So I was fasting from negativity. Um, And so that's just something that we can try to start doing and trying. And that's pretty much putting that first step on the path of sanctification. Like it's kind of like the yellow brick road and the wizard of Oz. You just put your first foot on the, uh, on the yellow
0: brick road. So how do we get to the path of sanctification? Let's look in Colossians three, one through four. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on the things of earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye appear with him in glory.
1: Right, yeah, so let's first dive in and dissect uh, verse number one. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So, the very first part of that, Colossians 3 1a, is if ye then be risen with Christ. And that's right. the first question that we have to ask ourselves. Or are you born again? Are you, yeah. Okay. Um, in the Christian culture, we often, um, because we've heard certain phrases so many times, it can turn us off really easily. So, the question, like, are you saved? That sometimes has the ability to turn people off because they've heard it so much. Sure. But this is pretty much just asking it in a different way. Are you risen with Christ? Mm -hmm. Are you born again? Have you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart? Because chapters one and two is talking about salvation and talking about being risen with Christ. So they explain what that means in verses in chapters one and two. So then in verse three, this is like, all right, if you've had that settled, because it says, if ye then be risen with Christ. Right. All right. So we spent two chapters. You have it settled now, hopefully. You have you've accepted Christ. Now if you've accepted Christ, keep reading. But you first have to answer the question, have you accepted Christ into your heart?
0: Right. So the first step is accept accepting Christ, being born again. Mm-hmm. The second step is setting your affections on things above. difficult thing to do because we live I mean we live on earth that's an inescapable fact you wake up on earth you go to school or go to church or go to work on earth eat your meals on earth take your baths on earth all that stuff it's hard to get out of the things that you can see right in front of you Mm -hmm. it's hard to get out of the things that you hear all around you all the time and especially in today's world with such a connected world technologically news social media etc etc constantly bombarding you with the things that you can see but the the word asks us to set our affection or tells us to seek those things that are above
1: yeah, where and- Christ
0: sitteth on the right hand of God
1: yeah, and that's even, like, we're we're in the three one where it says, if you then be risen Christ, seek those things which are above. And we'll get into the difference, because even in verse 2, it says, set your affections. Right. So some people might think that it's repeating itself, but what we're going to get into a little bit later is how there's actually a difference in those. And seeking those things which are above is talking about your walk. It's talking about you carrying it out. It's. Right my life verse, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. It's the decisions that you have in life, making those decisions and putting them around Christ, making them Christ-centered. Is this decision going to get me closer to Christ or am I going to be filling the will of God through this decision? And that's what he's commanding us to do there.
0: I I like that you talk about the distinction between seeking and setting your affections on. You can look for something and not necessarily like what you find. Mm -hmm. But... We're called not only to seek after the Lord and and the Lord is very clear about if you, if you seek, you will find, like if, if you look for me and look for the things that I've commanded you, I will show you. Then you have to make the conscious choice to set your affections on those things, to fall in love with the things of God and and the things above rather than the distractions out here, the things you can see out here. Mm
1: -hmm. So it,
0: it is step one, be born again. Step two, look for the right answer. Look for the things that are above. And step three, have affection for those things. Yeah,
1: and even if you do step one, it's going to uh, I don't know, motivate, I guess is the best way to say it. It's going to motivate yeah. you. You receive the indwelling to, of the Holy Spirit. yeah, And
0: that pushes you to go through steps when, two and three. When you
1: three. accept and you experience the grace and mercy and love of God Almighty through His Son, it's going to motivate you and empower you to, for the rest of your life, seek after the will of God. Now, I think it looks different for, um, there's different levels to that for each Christian, like a new, uh, newly born again person isn't going to be seeking like, um, someone who's been saved for 25 years because they're just at different levels and the, they shouldn't hold each other accountable for the same thing in that phase, I guess you should say.
0: I I think sometimes though, that could be a hard issue because I know some Mm -hmm. old Christians that aren't Seeking oh, the way they're supposed yeah. to be seeking, you know? Yeah. Um, and I know some new Christians that are really mm-hmm. seeking. I also think, too, it, it comes with a recognition of the situation that you've been saved out of. Mm-hmm. So some of the new Christians I know that are hardcore, they were saved out of something probably a lot worse than the old Christians that well, grew up in church.
1: Well, and we all come back to that we were all saved from the worst thing possible. Right. Hell. Right. Um, every single person has been saved from the worst thing possible. Absolutely. Now, as many bad things as we can comprehend on earth, the Bible even says that we can't even comprehend the the depths and the agony and the pain of hell. We can't even comprehend it. And we're not going to be able to until we are in heaven with Christ. Right.
0: I, I agree completely. What, what I'm trying to say, what I was saying earlier, relates back to what we're talking about in the first part of this verse, which is seeking the things that are above, it's ignoring the distractions here. Mm-hmm. And so I- ignoring the situation here, whether you're a young Christian or old Christian, still seeking the things above and setting your affections on them. Um, continuing on a little bit in the verse, it even, it even specifies not on things on the earth. It is telling you to ignore all this out here. You can't see it, podcast listeners. I'm pointing out the door. <laughs> All these things out here that, that just don't don't matter. Mm-hmm. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ. the The truest definition of life isn't found here on earth. It's not living and breathing. It's not flesh and blood. It is the eternal life that we have in Christ Jesus.
1: Yeah, So let's officially dive into Colossians three two now. It says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Now, that set your affections, if you go back and you under, and you kind of look at the Hebrew meaning and even the Greek meaning behind the word affection and used in this context, um, the set your affections is the word affection is the mindset. Mm-hmm. So it's telling us to set our mindset or things above. Right. So when you seek things above, you're seeking it with your heart when you set your when you put your mindset to something it's with your mind it's with your brain it's with your mind so that's talking about a um, someone who is in one accord with themselves their heart and mind being one one accord right. the bible goes on to say a double minded man is unstable in all in all of his ways mm-hmm. so someone who is ha- Fifty percent living after the world and fifty percent trying to live after Christ. It doesn't work that way. If you you're either, I will spit you out yeah, of my mouth. Like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's talking about how that's unstable. Mm-hmm. The Lord wants it engrosses out God. I guess is the best way yeah. to put that. Um, so it's talking about someone who, with their mind and their heart, is in one accord, seeking after Christ. Um,
0: I, I like the distinction there too. Okay, so the you can feel things and not act on them. Mm-hmm. You need you need the mind to be in accord with the heart. And, in, in one accord with the heart, because the, the affection part, the knowing part, the mind part spurs action. You can act on things that you are actively thinking about. We often do. You can feel things and not act on them. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it takes both pieces, and then this is so representative of the trichotomy of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as well. It takes both of those pieces, the engines, basically to drive the body to action.
1: Yeah, well, your imagination is one of the most powerful things that you have. Before you do anything, you first imagine it. Mm. Before, you know, we would go out in the football field. I remember I would sit in the bus, I'd yeah. close my eyes, and I'd imagine going over every single play on our QB wristband. Um, before, before Tesla was made, before all these huge companies were made, someone had to sit back, have the dream, and imagine how to do it. Mm. And then they went and did it. One of the, the person who talks to yourself the most, the person who talks to you, Joe Michael, the person who talks to me the most is myself. It's me, yeah. <laughs> and so don't you think if we're the person that talks, like we're even talking to you in our minds right now, the people listening are even talking to themselves right now. It's kind of, it's kind of trippy right. to think about, but don't you think if you are the person that talks to yourself the most, it is extremely important to guard how you're speaking even to yourself?
0: Right. And not only, not only guard it, but have what what each part of you is saying be the same thing.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I, I think we would be surprised on how little the devil actually has to do.
0: Right. <laughs> like yeah.
1: like all the devil has to do is plant a little plant a little seed and then all of a sudden you talking to yourself to start going crazy and all of a sudden you find yourself in self doubt. You find mm-hmm. yourself with strongholds and you got there because you talked yourself into it. Right. It's extremely important we start guarding how you speak to yourself. If you speak to yourself negatively, guess how you're going to be living? Mm-hmm if you speak to yourself with joy and with thanks and with even mercy and grace with yourself, guess how you're going to be living and portraying?
0: This this is something I really don't want us to miss. There are so many places that the world can take you to keep you from doing what God has asked you to do. One of the worst, in my opinion, is the pews, is -hmm. the rows of the church. Telling yourself constantly, Christ came so that we could live in victory over sin right telling yourself constantly that you're not good enough and that you you are not righteous enough or you're not you're not doing the god thing well enough to go talk to anyone about it is exactly where satan wants to give you it's that it's that little seed of yes we're imperfect people of course we can never measure up to god but we've been saved from that we we can live in victory over sin and we're called to spread the word but if you keep telling yourself just like you're talking about this negative self talk i'm just not good enough i'm just not there i can't help anyone Mm-hmm. you won't and that's that's okay if the world can't have you keeping you in your seat in the church oh, is yeah. good enough
1: well the devil's like okay this is uh, this is how i feel like the devil thinks about it, okay um and notice i said i i don't have any biblical verses to back this up but um when the devil looks at your soul there's a war going on for your soul mm-hmm. um when you accept jesus christ the devil lost that war right he's already lost it but it feels like sometimes the devil's like, okay, I lost the war, but I'm gonna to try to win as many battles as possible yeah. to make sure that you do the absolute minimum mm-hmm. for Christ. I may you maybe spend the rest of your life with God, but I'm gonna make sure that you don't have any impact on anybody else. Right. And that's what the devil's trying to do. It's extremely important that we start guarding. And this is gonna make sense with sanctification a little bit. I know right mm-hmm. now it may seem like we're not we're not on topic, but trust me, we are. It's gonna to come together. Um but it's extremely important we start guarding mm. how we speak to ourselves and even what we put in our heart because what you put in your heart is going to show in your lifestyle.
0: Absolutely. Uh, one thing too, um, Christ is not as not nearly as concerned with you just making it to heaven as he is with bringing heaven here. Mm. He came so that we could have life and have it abundantly, not only here on earth but also in heaven with him. But he didn't say, hey, uh, just just... Only this only believe in me so that you can go to heaven see you guys that would have been that would have been a much simpler message I think it would have been a lot easier for people to absorb
1: yeah we wouldn't need 66 books of the Bible right
0: <laughs> the 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 command was hey this is what I saved you from now go tell everyone else that they can be saved from this too I want them to join me too your desire for other people to to be in heaven should be as strong or stronger than your own desire to make it there
1: And what should empower that? You being risen with Christ. Right. As you said, by you having that experience and by you having Jesus Christ inside of you, you now have the power of Jesus Christ. Right. He is inside of you. You can overcome any hurdle that you try to talk to yourself into of not being able to further the kingdom. But you have the power of Christ. You can overcome any hurdle to do it. Right. Um, So... (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> On that note, we're going to take a short break when here from Miss Lauren talking about the coffee shop We'll see you in just a second This is thirty-seven ninety after dark The Heights is Forsyth County's newest all-in-one spot for coffee, co-working, events, sports, and more Whether you need a quiet office space when your current work-from-home environment gets a little noisy Or you want to meet up with some friends to grab a cup of coffee The Heights is your go-to place for a variety of needs The coffee shop is open through the week from 8 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., closing at 5 p.m. on Wednesdays and open on Saturdays from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. For more information on our event, co-working and gymnasium spaces and to view our full coffee and espresso menu, visit our website at 3790theheights.org. We'll see you soon. And we are back. Welcome back to 3790 After Dark. I'm your host, John Booth. Quick recap of what we've been talking about so far. We've been talking about sanctification, but how do we get there? Number one, you have to be born again, risen with Christ. Number two, you have to seek after his ways, seek after the things of God. Number three, you have to set your affections on those things, which, as Jacob discussed, is your mindset. So your mind and your heart have to be in one accord on those things and ingredients? And number three, you have to control your self-talk. You can't let that get out of hand because your self-talk spurs your actions. Coming up next, we're talking about how do we, how do we control this self-talk? What, what things can we step into or engage in that help us to better prepare against negative self-talk?
1: Right. So there's a Bible verse that says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And so it's important to have a proper biblical study to hide God's word in your heart in a way to where it creates to where in times of temptation, in times of self-doubt, in times of even bringing yourself down, you have the present of mind of the Holy Spirit to flee from it or to say no and to change it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I say correct biblical study. It's because I believe a lot of people when they try to... um, study the Bible. They just randomly open up their Bible and they just start reading Mm. and hopefully they can read three to four chapters a day. And then all of a sudden everything's going to be right. And that's just not how it works. You need to read it and try to understand it. When I was a younger Christian, I was trying to read Lamentations and I thought that my life was getting right because I was just speeding through Lamentations, and I didn't understand any of it. And when I started trying to study Lamentations, it was like a lamenting of the of a prophet, um, like the weeping of a prophet, um, which I'm not going to get to all of that. But <laughs> it's important that you have a plan to study your Bible, even if it's only ten verses but you fully understand those 10 verses for the day, that's more profitable than reading four chapters
0: and not being able to say what you read. Right. I think a lot of times, especially older Christians, right? We miss the awe-inspiring power of the word. We take it so for granted. We're like, Oh yeah, Bible's like, we've got them, you know, we can go get one of Barnes and Noble. So it's just a Bible, right? No big deal. Huge deal. This is the living, breathing word of God. And if you're not taking it seriously, that will show in your lifestyle. Not taking the Word of God for what it is, being the Word of God, living the Word of God will definitely show in your lifestyle and it will definitely show in the things we discuss self-talk. Um, it, it goes hand in hand with setting your affections on the things of God. The things of God includes very clearly his word very clearly includes the things that he's written down and given to us it, it, the most the most clear-cut black and white, form of communication from the father period.
1: Well, yeah. And what even starts bridging that gap, right? That's what sanctification is, is bridging the gap between us and God. What even starts bridging that gap is living out the studies that you're learning. Right. So not just learning it, not being able to just speak on it, but also living it out. I'm afraid there's a lot of even, um, spiritual leaders out there who can speak on something, but aren't living it. Right. Um, which is extremely dangerous because you're held accountable for what you've learned. Um, Mm -hmm. But Jesus even calls out the Pharisees in the Bible, and he says, um, and he pretty much tells them, like, you've learned and are well-versed in scriptures, but you have yet to come to me. Mm. And so that's a warning to all of us of you can memorize all you want, you can teach all you want, you right. can even study all you want, but if you're not living it out, then it profits very little.
0: Right. The, the people he was talking to knew the scripture forward and backwards. They knew it all. They were that was their literally their whole job was to teach the scriptures, to to be in public and and speak and memorize and go to the temple and speak and memorize. And yet they were farther from Christ than the fishermen, the mm-hmm. tax collectors right. and the the publicans and the sinners. How how much worse is it for the Christian in today's era? Who not only has access to the church has access to the Bible online on their phone in print to be in the same boat as those Pharisees right that that is really discouraging I can understand uh seeing Christ for the first time walking on earth mm-hmm. and that's like not exactly what you had been taught and like you weren't prepared for the coming of the savior we we have all of the <laughs> accounts we have all of the accounts of the savior we've got we've got Hundreds of pastors with with thousands of messages to read up on and study after, and yet there are still people who are like, ah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it, we'll figure it out." Yeah, <laughs> I just that's a that's a mentality I have a hard time understanding. Yeah, continuing with what we're talking about, we we talked about ways to kind of eliminate the negative self talk and to come into understanding and start sanctification, to right. that gap. Okay. bridging that gap, and we discuss prayer and correct study of the Bible next point down is surrounding yourself with a community that seeks after God.
1: Yeah, so these are those next steps of bridging that gap. Of These are, um, I don't want to say minor things because they have a huge impact, but these are things that you can start working on tomorrow. Right. Okay? These are Bible studies you can start now. You can start tomorrow morning. You can start at lunch. You can start those things now. Um, and surrounding yourself with a community that seeks after God. You need to find... Um, like-minded people in this. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of business trains that says your circle should be filled of a bunch of others' opinions uh, and different beliefs so that you're more of a well-rounded person. Well, when it comes to Christ, you want to surround yourself with people who are like-minded in the same goal of getting closer to Christ, of bridging that gap. So, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, you're fine. P- people have a really easy underta- easy time understanding this when it comes to business, right? If you want to be a millionaire, you go hang out with the millionaires. Do what they do. Study, study how they study. You pick up those kinds of habits, mannerisms, whatever. Easy to understand. It makes sense. Really logical. If you want to be a better Christian, why would you not hang out with the Christian crowd? Yeah. Why would you not go spend lunch with the pastor or, you know, the youth minister, whatever, wherever, whatever age bracket you're in?
1: And trust me, they don't get bothered by that. Right. I'm speaking as a youth pastor, okay? Um, and living with the pastor, they don't get bothered by that. Um, I actually get energized by that. I feel like I'm fulfilling my calling when a young person calls me up and says, hey, can we, go get, can we go get something to eat or can we just sit around and talk? That's what we're here for. That's why God put us there. So little nugget in. Don't ever feel like you're bothering.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it's just one of those things where there are people in your life. If not, we live in a place where there's a church every quarter mile, so you can find them. <laughs> there are going to be people in your life who are set on this path have been set on this path, have been set in tune with the Spirit in some way or another. Are they perfect? No, absolutely not. Will they let you down? Probably. We all we all let each other down all the time. Yeah. But they have been positioned in such a way by God that they are willing to help you. It is their desire to help you. And not only that, it is their executive function given by the Creator. I know Jacob is one of those people. Pastor Chris is one of those people. I feel like in my own life that I can maybe be one of those people. I want to be one of those Go people. Go ahead, say it. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there are people that I know whose whose only real joy and spice comes from helping others understand and come into contact with the Lord, mm-hmm. and in that way they gain understanding as well. It's not just like this one sided thing where we all think we have all the answers because we know that we don't. But that's how Christians grow: is in understanding that you don't have the answers and talk, talking talking it out with other Christians. Yeah,
1: well, and I'll even say just another example is. Um, I'm a big football fan and I like watching the draft. I'm not a huge NFL fan, but I'm more of a college fan, but I like watching the draft. And I've always thought, well, I should say this. I think a lot of younger people and even people getting drafted, they want that first round pick. They want that first round right. money and they want it because of the money. But if I was going into the NFL, I think, um, now this is easy for me to say cause I'm not going to the NFL, <laughs> but Instead of going, like as a quarterback, instead of going into a team and being an instant starter on a team that had the first-round pick, which usually means they're not the best team out there. They have a terrible line, you know, that kind of stuff. I think the best job as a rookie would be backing up Tom Brady. Right. Would be sitting behind the greatest quarterback of all time and just learning from him. Right. And I think that's exactly what we meant by surround yourself with those who are like-minded seeking after Christ is surround yourself with people who have been there and done that, gone through what you've gone through, maybe not obviously not on the same scales, obviously not maybe in the same ways, but that can teach you and mentor you. So let's go through here, um, some specific ways and specific, specific, um, relationships that we can, um, kind of surround ourselves with the right people.
0: Sure, yeah. First is your friends, right? We say all the time, show me your friends and I'll show you how your life's going to turn out. Mm-hmm. The, the people that you surround yourself with and are close with, they will define the trajectory of your life.
1: Yeah, I've never seen, um, I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but I personally have never seen um, a person, whether it be in a dating relationship, whether it be in a friend circle, I've never seen them the minority changed the majority. Right. I've never seen the one Christian friend with the group of five Christian friends who are living however they want to live. What usually happens is the one turns into six, mm-hmm. not the one saved turns into six. Now learning, going for Christ. It usually doesn't happen that way. Right. Um, so it's, I'm not saying ostracize yourself from the unsaved and stuff like that. Cause obviously you're supposed to reach them. Right. That's where you find that balance. But it's important that when it comes to who you're letting pour into you and calling your close friends in that aspect are those who are helping you bridge that gap and seek after the things of Christ. really great example,
0: um, Teen Huddle, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. The workers were all sitting around. we sitting at a lunch table, and we just started. I don't even know how to cut on the topic. We just bust out the Bible and start talking about speaking in tongues. <laughs> <laughs> we had this huge discussion, all six of us, about speaking in tongues, and we got, it was so, it was fun. Fun is the best word I can explain. We to. lost time. Yeah, yeah, lost the time. We got in the Word, we're reading Scripture left and right, and this isn't to sound like spiritual or whatever. It was a good time, and it was a great discussion, and we actually came to understand some things that I don't think any of us really had grasped, and it took everybody's input. Mm-hmm. And, and the Lord promises that those types of discussions will be fruitful for where one or more are gathered in my name, two or more are gathered in my name, there I will be also in the midst of them.
1: Yeah, and even if you see the teenagers when they are taken away, because at Teen Huddle they don't have cell phone service, they don't they don't have anything. But the people that are in the bunks, and it's a group of teenagers who decided to take three days out of their summer to go to a camp and learn more about Christ. When you see how even their attitudes change, mm-hmm. of you know teenagers of like, oh that's not cool. I'm just going to sit back right. and hate my life and stuff. So, <laughs> you know, you know, we were all there. Eat some Cheetos. Um, yeah. yeah, eat some. Che- <laughs> <laughs> um, But just how their attitudes change once you took out the distractions and once you took out the friends who were having negative impacts on their life, how they started to grow in Christ and how even they, by their own admission, started saying, I feel like I've gotten so much closer to Christ this week. Right. And the sad thing is, and I told them a thousand times, the sad thing is, is so many times with every church group, not just ours. Once you leave camp, you go back and you, the friends you made, maybe at camp, you don't keep talking to them, you don't Mm -hmm. stay in touch. So guess what? You go back to your old friend groups and everything goes right back to where it was. And that goes
0: exactly hand in hand with setting your affections on Mm -hmm. the things that are above. You have to, you have to gear your mindset to love those types of relationships. That's not easy for everyone to do and this is where the next sub point comes into play is your mentors. Mm -hmm. Being intentional with who you allow to mentor into your life. The tongue is a powerful thing. The Bible says it can either speak life or speak death and if you're putting your trust in someone to give you advice... It's, it will either set you on the right track or derail you depending on what they're talking about, how they're talking about it, and how they're mentoring you.
1: Yeah, and it's even important to the people that you have no control over. Right. So, like, um, people in school can't control who their teacher is. Um, people who have a boss, you know, you usually can't control who your boss is or who's over, who gets promoted. But what you can control is their effect that mm-hmm. they have on you. Their words, like if you don't look at them as a mentor, then what they say to you about you shouldn't affect you the same way that a mentor giving you advice and stuff would. Right, if
0: that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Jacob and I have been really blessed. Right, we had some really great mentors in our lives, some great sports coaches, uh, great pastors. Really, just that that stepped up and told us the right thing, even when it was hard to hear. Mm. Um, <laughs> that these yep. guys these guys pulled no punches, and but it really set us up for success in our walk. With Christ, our coaches and our pastors taught us discipline. They taught us to, to be prepared to guard ourselves and to help others whenever we got the chance. And it was something that we had to learn the hard way a few times, but it, it ended up being really, really important for us. Speaking of all those mentors, the next one down is your pastor. Mm-hmm. You have to ask yourself, is this person worth following? Is this person doing what the Bible says do, doing what Jesus says do, and are they worth investing my time into. And and
1: even asking, is this where God has led me to, called me to? Everybody is called to a church. There's no exception to it. Everyone's called to a church and and to be underneath leadership. And if God has called you to this specific church, then God's going to give that pastor what you need. Right. The way you need to hear it. (laughs) Maybe in the moment of life that you need to hear it, Mm -hmm. God's going to give that pastor. But what happens is, is everybody has maybe... Fifteen YouTube pastors right. that they can just look up to, look up and hear what they want. Right. If you only hear what you want, you're not going to hear what you need.
0: Absolutely. It, we say it all the time, right? We use the expression love people, love people." Mm-hmm. Led people, lead people. Mm-hmm. It, you have to submit yourself first to to God first, of course, and then to godly leadership, and eventually. You will be put in a position where you can lead others, and you've had a good example of how to do
1: that. Yeah, and in question, God, is this who you called to lead me? Right. Okay, it is. Then let that person lead you. Yeah. If you if you see a problem, be part of the solution. Don't cause further further problems. Or if even something rubs you the wrong way, then go and speak to that pastor about it. Don't let it just turn into something that you soak on, and then whenever Mm -hmm. he preaches, you just turn it off because I'm where God called me, but I'm not going to let him preach to me. Yeah. (laughs) Like you don't want it to turn into that. It's important to have that open communication with the pastor that God has called you to.
0: Absolutely. And nine times out of 10, if something rubs you the wrong way, it's for a good reason.
1: It's sometimes, yeah, it's usually the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Yeah, you should should get
0: that checked out. (laughs) Now, the third and final point here for, for tonight is intentional living
1: right so we're in the bridging the gap and one just a quick recap one to bridge the gap is having a proper prayer and bible study time where you understand and even live out you then need to surround yourself with people seeking after christ your friends your mentors your pastor and then you need to live it out intentionally your relationships need to be intentional you going to the grocery store needs to be intentional for christ you going to a football game needs to be intentional for christ you at work needs to be intentional for christ The decisions you're making need to have an intentional purpose, I guess, is the best way to say it.
0: We're not not telling you to go set up a tent everywhere you go and, like, start screaming at people with a megaphone, right? (laughs) Not that that would necessarily be a bad thing. But even just, like, the simple prayer before you leave the house of God, you've, you've got me going to this place, or I've decided to go to this place. Please allow me to be the person you want me to be. Do the things you have me do in this place. If there's, if there's something I'm supposed to learn, let me learn it. Someone mm-hmm. I'm supposed to meet, let me meet them. Someone I'm supposed to help, let me help them. Let me live a life that is resemblant of the type of person that you created me to be, not necessarily the type of person that I am.
1: Yeah, and so in Colossians three three it says, For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ and God. Now, um, this is the best story that I could come up with that perfectly... Um, explains what the process of sanctification is um so when i um usually once a week i like to go have lunch by myself it's kind of like my downtime like when me like i don't have to uh have a long conversation with somebody it's just i can sit back eat my cheeseburger bobbies, <laughs> <laughs> hamburger um pepper jack cheese and so i'll even bring my airpods sit in a booth and watch and like watch a tv show while i'm yeah. eating it right i It's weird, I know, but I just enjoy having that like once a week to myself. Um, I even think I need it. (laughs) Um, But one time at Cheeseburger Bobby's, uh, I was sitting there, I was eating my burger and um, putting my headphones in. And then all of a sudden, this really loud guy, and I'm going to go ahead and use the word obnoxious, because in the moment (laughs) it was obnoxious, okay? He comes in like he knew everybody, all right? He like... Gives the um, register person like a high five. Like right, he's a regular. Yeah, <laughs> like he's there every day. At he one. was cheeseburger Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So he's like talking to everybody. He even goes and like has conver- like has a conversation with somebody at a booth, and like you could tell that those people didn't know him, and they're a little weirded out too. And so, <laughs> if you know Cheeseburger Bobby's where we're at, um, there's like these really long booths, and then like just tables in there, and like it's one long booth, right? right. And so it was pretty packed. It was around like twelve thirty, so. I'm sitting there um, and I see the only spot open is over by me. Okay. Like I see that, like this man's about to come and sit beside (laughs) me and I am praying Got up and left. (laughs) Well, well, I was praying to guys like, God, let me have my moment. Like, (laughs) like do not. And so long behold, this man comes and he pretty much screams it out. Hey, is this seat taken? And what (laughs) am I going to do? Say yes when it's not. So I was like, no, you can sit down. And so he then starts talking to me. It's just like a lot of nonsense talk of, you know, he has a job. Um, he likes sports. And so I start taking my headphones out. And finally I started getting, like, I started getting, like, angry and fed up. And But then I started having this pulling of the Holy Spirit to start witnessing to him. Right. They're like, God's like, I made it so easy for you. He started the conversation. Yeah, you don't even. He's talking to you.
0: <laughs> he sat down. Only seen the restaurant next yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. He, like, you didn't even have to go up to him and start the Like, he started the conversation. And so... I sat there and I started witnessing to him. And I was no, I didn't. What I actually started doing was I faked a phone call. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not kidding. Okay, I faked a phone call, got up and left. <laughs> now, I would love to have told you that I witnessed to him. But guess what? I didn't. I regret it, but I didn't. Um so what should I do now? I'm, I didn't do what God obviously was telling me to do. Does that mean that I should go to the church and write my letter of resignation because I'm a paid staff person. I'm supposed to listen to the Holy Spirit and then act on it. Um, that's part of what my job title is in the biblically in First and Second Timothy, if what it explains. Right. And so I didn't do that in fulfillment. So what should I do? Go and write my letter of resignation. Is that should I do that? And that's when I understood this process of sanctification. Instead of going and writing my letter of resignation. I decided to live in the grace, mercy, and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Yes, I disobeyed. Yes, I didn't listen. But there was grace and forgiveness and mercy from God through Jesus Christ. So what a lot of people think is when they are trying to bridge that gap and they're starting to walk closer, like we're using this yellow brick, brick road, they're starting to walk closer to Christ. And they're and they're making that gap shorter. They're getting closer to God. And then all of a sudden they sin again. hmm Or it's kind of like you're building a house and you're putting the bricks up and it's like you're about to put that roof on. You're getting close and all of a sudden everything just falls down. Mm -hmm. And you think that you have to start over and you think you have to grab the next brick. But what actually God is doing is he's letting you experience all of Him. Mm -hmm. He's letting you experience the grace, the mercy, the love of God. So when you think you're really starting over, you're actually just getting closer because you're experiencing more and more of God
0: and in our weakness his strength is shown. Yeah, yeah and absolutely. that
1: is and that doesn't mean that like oh I can go sin I can do whatever you Yeah, it's not a license to sin, right? Yeah, but it
0: is, it is it is a humbling thing to think that the God of the universe loves you enough to extend to you that right. grace and mercy and and to use
1: it to make you better. Right. So live in grace and mercy. That's what that gap is. The gap bridging the gap is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is love. Jesus is grace. Jesus is that representative. He's like our lawyer. When we sin and we mess up, Jesus pleads. the Bible says Jesus pleads our case to the Father. Mm. We deserve the wrath of God, but because of Jesus pleading our case to the Father, God shows grace and mercy. Amen And that's what sanctification is. It's a process of getting closer to God, where we live in grace and mercy because of who we are.
0: All right. That is the truth. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, trust the process. This has been 3790 After Dark. I'm your host, John Booth, again here with Jacob Grinstead. We will see you on the next episode. See you later.